we are kind of wrapping up a series on faith uh, here uh, at Church on the Rock, and, and it's really, we've called it uh, a Believe or Believer is kind of the, the title of, of our series, and, and the thing that we've been talking about how is that this, you know, it is a, a real fundamental basic concept and some of the basic principles of our Christian faith, but most of the time it is, it is really, really important that oftentimes we revisit certain uh, fundamental aspects of why we believe what we believe and how those things impact our lives and, uh, you know, so that we can get back to some of the basics. You know, some of the, the greatest athletes in the world, they still have coaches and trainers that they go back to that help coach them and making sure that they keep the fundamentals and the, and the elementary things of the sport, you know, uh, as the foundation of what they do. And so we've looked at a lot of things, but just looking really in depth as to, to what faith is, what it looks like in our lives. And, and we've talked about how, um, you know, Scripture says that uh, uh, if, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, uh, and, and there's two, there's two things there. There's two elements that go along with our faith. It's the, it's the confession of our mouth and the believing in our heart. And the believing in our heart is the capacity to have faith. And the confession of our mouth is the trigger. Okay. And, and how both of them have to be working simultaneously to really activate faith in our life the way that the Bible talks about. As a matter of fact, salvation is produced in your life because you believe something in your heart and then you confessed it with your mouth, okay? And, and most of the time we don't have an issue with the believing part. We have an issue with the saying part. Like, well, I believe in, in general, okay, that God says that he's my provider. But when I'm going through a difficult time, I start confessing, well, well I'm never going to get over this. We're never going to get past all this struggle. We're never going to get past this financial difficulty. And then we say this stuff and say this stuff. And what's coming out of our mouth doesn't line up with what we believe in our heart. And therefore, faith is never activated to do the work that it's supposed to do. What you have to do in your life is you've got to get what you're saying in line with what you're believing. And so that if you believe, okay, that God can, can heal you, if you believe that God can rescue you, if you believe God can, can restore relationships, all of those kinds of things, then what you say out of your mouth needs to be in line with what you believe in your heart, okay, and how important that is. And then uh, last week we were looking in James chapter 1 and uh, and how the Bible says, uh, consider it joy when you face uh, many trials because the testing of your faith produces patience. And patience must have its work in you so that you may be complete, not lacking anything. And the reason why we count it joy is because we get to see God work. And, and we, the, faith is not a, uh, it is not a, um, uh, a vending machine that if we punch all the right buttons and we hit go or pull the lever that that it's just going to go bring right there at, at, at the moment that we want it to happen or the moment that we do it the moment that we get it right it's all going to kind of fall into place that's not that's not how faith works um, and and so there are times in our lives where we have faith for something and we don't see it happening and then we begin to doubt uh, what's going on because we don't see the results of it. But that's exactly what faith is. Faith is believing it before you see it. It's believing it even maybe for a significant period of time before it comes into your life. That's what faith is. And so 
you know, uh, faith works on the answer and receiving from God while patience works on you. You've got to be patient in the midst of the moments in your life where you are having faith for something uh, for God to do. And so today, we're, I want us to talk about hope. And, and I know we're talking about faith, but we've got to make sure that in talking about faith that we also talk about hope. Because sometimes, uh, well, we need to know the difference between the two. Because most of the time we've kind of, in the church world, I think subconsciously, we've kind of we've mixed the two together. And they kind of they meet at a little spot and it all gets a little murky in, in the middle as to what faith and what hope is. And so we're going to talk about that. But in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 which is kind of one of the um, you know, fundamental verses when it comes to, to faith and, and teaching us about faith. In Hebrews 11, when it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. All right? Now, th- there is a big difference between a passive verb and an active verb. You know, there's, a, there's another translation that, that uses the script, uh, has the same thing, but actually says this verse like this. It says, uh, that, it says that faith gives substance, okay? That faith gives assurance of things hoped for. Faith gives substance. Uh, it, it's really uh, mainly along uh, the same lines where it says that faith is. It's not faith will be or faith was or faith one day will happen. Okay? It's, it's nothing like that. It's, 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 it's a right now. This is what faith does in your life. It produces substance. It produces assurance in your life um, where you can be confident okay, uh, of the thing that you're believing in and the thing that you are, are hoping for. And, and if you skip down to verse 3 in Hebrews 11, one, Hebrews 11, in verse 3 it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So the world, okay, and we discussed this last, or two weeks ago, I believe, when we talked about the confession of your mouth, okay, that God didn't make the world by using his hands. He made the world by speaking it into existence. So light came because God said it, okay? It wasn't God made it, okay? It's God said it. He spoke these things into existence, the very words of God. And this is what we see right here. That the worlds were prepared by the word of God. The word out of God's mouth, okay? These are the things. Faith is not something that we have or possess. It is an active force that does something, okay? It's an active force that does something. Hope and faith have to be separated. And so we're talking about hope. We're talking about faith. Hope and faith, both of them, you, you can't, they can't mix together and operate the way that they're supposed to be. You, you have to be able to separate hope and separate faith. You know, um, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. There's three things, faith, hope, and love. Uh, can you substitute faith and love? If somebody needs love, can you give them faith? Um, if somebody needs love, can you give them hope? Okay, then... The, why is it that we naturally assume sometimes that we can substitute hope when we need to have faith? Okay? They're not the same thing. You've got to be able to separate what hope and faith are. Okay? And, and we want to look at that today. Uh, because in reality in your life, you could end up operating in hope 
and think you're operating in faith. And faith is the only way to please God, and faith is the only way by which we receive an answer from God. So if you're living your life operating in hope, thinking that you're operating in faith, and then you wonder why nothing ever happens as nothing's working and you're not receiving the answers to your prayers, well, there's, there's probably a mix-up as to what hope and faith really are. All right? And so hope is a positive expectation of the future. Hope is a positive expectation of the future. Hope is like having a blueprint of a building project. That's what it is. Okay, It's not the building and it's not actually working on the building. Hope is like you laying out this blueprint and saying this is what, if you've ever built a house, you've looked at the, you know, I've built two houses. You you put the, the, the blueprint out in front of you and you see it and you look at it and, and your hope is this positive expectation that your house is going to look like this. Okay? It's something, it's a blueprint, it's, it's a picture of something that you see. Uh, hope, uh, hope is a picture of something that is good that you want. And fear is a negative view of your future. So hope is a positive view of your future, and fear is a negative view of your future. Okay? Those two are opposites. Okay? Fear and hope. Fear is the force of hope in reverse, basically. It's the same exact force. It's just fear is going backwards and hope is going forwards. Hope looks towards the great promises of God. It looks to the, the future of God. You know, what, some of the things that we've talked about here uh, in, in, in ser- past several weeks is how, um, um, you know, revelation, how important revelation is in our life, that we have a revelation of what God wants for us in our life because revelation tells you what belongs to you. It's like if you buy this land, revelation is your, um, um, uh, the lady that helped you buy it, okay? Uh, realtor, okay? It's your realtor taking you out to the land. Sorry, I don't know what happened there, okay? It's uh, your realtor taking you out to the land and saying this all belongs to you. All this land, that you, the money that you just paid, all of this, you, this is what you bought. That, that hilltop over there, it's yours. That lake down there, that's yours. Okay? This valley over here, that's yours. This, these houses over here, that's yours. Uh, okay? that's, that's what revelation is. Re- revelation tells you what belongs to you. Faith is you living in what belongs to you. Okay? So revelation, though, is required for us to have hope. Okay? Because you know, if you have, you've got to have revelation of knowing what it is that God has given you to even be able to hope for the things that, are, that God wants you to have. Okay? To have this blueprint. To have this picture. Otherwise, we live in fear. Okay? Because the outward circumstances will determine uh, you know, our ability. If it's not God's word, okay, then ultimately you will have hope in good times of your life and you will have fear in bad times of your life. And so you've got to be founded upon the revelation of God's word so you can know what God's promises are. So if you're going through a difficult time in your life, that you have a blueprint of what it is that God wants you to go towards. And that is foundational for you being able to build that building. So... Um, Hope sees the positivity of a good thing. 
hope sees the positive. It sees the good things that we can imagine in the future. If all we ever do, though, and we're just talking about hope, it sees this blueprint. If all we ever do, though, is talk about the project and don't do something, okay, then there's nothing that's ever going to get done. If all you ever do in your life is talk about this blueprint, if you've got a blueprint for a house, okay, and all you do is talk about, wow, this wonderful house that I'm going to have, look at this blueprint, man, this is great, you tell all your friends about this, okay, but then you don't actually do anything, okay, to build that house, then that blueprint means nothing, okay? And it, it means nothing because something has to be done to turn that blueprint into this, this thing that you want, to bring what is not, to, to bring that, that do, something that doesn't exist, that only exists in your imagination, to take it from your imagination or from, from paper and bring it into reality. It requires you to do something. All right, And so, faith embraces hope and the unseen. You remember Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, um, I, I'm convinced of this. And, you know, hope, is, hope in reality is foundational for faith. You can't really even have faith if you don't have hope. Okay? Um, and hope is the positive view of your future. So if you're a negative person, it's really going to be hard for you to walk in faith because you're always, you're not, you have no hope. Okay? You have no hope that things are going to get better. You have no hope that things are going to change. You have no hope that God, God can do something or deliver you from the, the place that, that, that you're in. Okay? And if you have no hope that it's impossible for you to walk in faith... And if it's impossible for you to walk in faith, then it's impossible for you to please God because the Bible says that faith is the only way that we can please God. And so we see a, a, what happens is this progression and how the things that we allow to remain inside of our mind and the things that we think about can affect everything that we do in our walk in faith in Christ. There's a story of, of Jesus. We, we've actually looked at this, not last week, but uh, a couple weeks ago, I think. But I want us to look at it again. In Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14, it says, On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he, talking about Jesus, became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Uh, one of the things that we have to understand about faith is that faith has to have a tense in order for it to work. Okay? Faith has to have a tense. Um, it is not the tense of the future. Faith is the tense of now. Okay? There's this thing that, that, that um, will help you understand what faith is. In other words, if what you're saying is not now, it's not faith. If what you're saying about your life is not now, then it's not faith. And so, like, whenever, I, if I ever teach a class on this, I have people repeat, repeat after me, if it's not now, it's not faith. If it's not now, it's not faith. If it's not now, it's not faith. Because faith has a tense to it, okay? It has a tense. Hope is always going to look to the future, 
It's always going to look to a blueprint, to something that's out there. Okay? It's in the future. All right? Faith is not in the future. Okay? Faith is now. That's the reason why the Bible says faith is. Okay? It's not faith will be. It's faith is the substance. Okay? It's right now. That's what, that's what faith is. If it points to the future, okay, then it is hope. The words that we most often use when, 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 we're, when, when, when you're kind of going through your stuff and you're dealing with your, your, your issues and you're going through your problem, there's a word, uh, and we're talking about understanding how faith works and, and how it works in our particular life, is that we will make these, these expressions. I believe that God is going to do something for me. Well, going... Okay, that word going is something that points to the future. So anything that points to the future is hope. Anything that you say that points to the future is hope. And so oftentimes in our lives, we're saying all of this stuff that we think is faith, but it's really pointing to the future. And it's not really faith, it's hope. You got a blueprint for what you think God wants to do in your life, but there's no faith that's going about building it and pulling that thing out of the unseen realm and bringing it into the realm of reality because all you have is hope. And you've thought now for so long that hope and faith are basically the same thing. So we use these words, I believe that God is going to do something. I believe he will do something. Uh, And we're always pointing to the future. Always pointing to the future. Uh, You remember, um, you remember last week, the the lady, um, the woman in, uh, with uh, uh, Elisha, that, you know, her, her, her daughter or her son died and, and she, she, uh, she was going to see Elisha, and her husband asked, what's the matter? And she says, it is well. In other words, it's, it's going to be okay. And say, it's going to be okay. She says, it is well, right here in this moment. Now, maybe you say, well, that's denying the reality of the situation that she's in. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be fake. I'm going to, well, okay, fine. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Okay. I'm just telling you what Scripture says about the things that we say and how we believe and, and, and how, how, what faith looks like, okay? And, and, uh, and even Jesus, when he looked at that fig tree, he said, may no one ever eat from you again. <laughs> uh, he didn't say one day you die. You know, it's, it's right here, right here in this moment. Now, we, the end of the story... Even with the fig trees, they came back by the fig tree later, and the, the disciples and it was withered and it died. Uh, and the disciples were like, "Oh my gosh, look! You, that that tree that you told to die actually died." And then he, you know, Jesus goes into teaching them a little bit more about faith, which is something we've talked about. Um, one of the things that I, I want to do this morning, we're talking about, you know, faith and hope, is that um, is, is about perspective. Um, anybody ever seen this movie called uh, Vantage Point? Is anybody in here? It's, I don't, you probably have and you don't really realize it. It was a movie that came out probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago or something like that. 
maybe, maybe longer than that. But it's a, it's a movie, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but this is kind of g- gives my point. Um, it's a movie that basically is uh, 15 minutes long, but really two hours. <laughs> uh, and what it does is every 15 minutes, the movie starts over again. No, we're not talking about Groundhog Day. You know, we're not, okay? But what it does is it, it tells the same story, the same 15 minutes over and over again, but from a, a, a different person's point of view. So they'll have like the hot dog vendor on the side of the street, and it's all about this bomb that blew up, and so, and and his vantage point and his interaction. And then you have the security officer over here, and and they go from his vantage point and his dealings and his talking to people, and they go through, you know, seven, eight, nine people's different, and every time they get a, a little bit closer to solving what ended up happening. It's you know pretty interesting concept. Um, one of the things that we have to do when it comes to faith. Is, is that we have to see things the way God sees things, okay? We've we got to see things the way God sees things, not the way we see, see things. I want, I want to talk to you about a, a couple stories. We're not really going to go there to read about them or anything. But um, uh, David and Goliath, for example, um, it, I think is a really good example of this. But, um, you know, the, the outward circumstances of that particular event in his life really kind of like, well... Um, you know, this just this is not smart. This doesn't make sense. It, does, it doesn't make sense to take a 13-year-old boy and to put him up against a giant, you know, who's a trained killer uh, and, uh, you know, trained in all of, you know, his stuff. And I'm going to take a, a little boy who's 13 years old and all he's been doing is watching sheep his entire life. And, and now I'm going to throw him out. Uh, to, it, none, of that, none of that makes any sense. It doesn't make worldly sense. It doesn't make common sense or anything like that. Um, but... Um, the way that God sees that particular moment, one, one of the things that you got to understand about God and, uh, is that God, God sees the future, okay? He sees things as being done before they're actually done, okay? He sees, he's able to see things, uh, his vantage point, okay, is different than yours in that he can actually see the entire picture Whereas you get kind of small little frames. You get small little segments of the entire picture. And, and he's able to see things as having happened before they actually happen. The way, uh, and, and so, you know, when he's looking here, and th- this whole issue with David and Goliath is that, you know, God is able to see Goliath dead on the battlefield before Goliath ever dies. And, and at some point, and, and even in David, is, uh, he's not just looking at David's ability. Like, is David able to defeat the giant? And maybe David has the ability to the degree, but, but more than anything, okay, it's, it's that, that he sees that Goliath is already dead. And that's the thing that David did in that particular moment is that he, he didn't consider the outward circumstances that, that could produce doubt inside of his life, if anything. And, and again, we, we don't know this because the Bible doesn't tell us specifically this. But we do know the confidence in which David had when he approached Goliath. He didn't go at Goliath with timidity or, or a sense of fear or doubt in his own ability. He, he went with, at Goliath with confidence, knowing 
that God has given me victory from the lion and the bear, and he's going to get me victory over Goliath. And in a way, David saw the end before the end ever came because he was able to see Goliath the way that God saw Goliath. That he was nothing that could stand in the way of him. Even being a small, insignificant boy, he could see the fact that Goliath, you know, had no place or authority in his life, and he saw, he was able to see that before it actually came through. Uh, Another example is um, Daniel in the lion's den, I think, is is another another example. Um, you know, God is not, not only looking at the fact that he could send an angel to shut the mouths of lions, but he, he's looking at the fact that it's already been done. And Daniel making a decision, okay, not to bow down to the king's edict was faith inside of his life, okay, that produced the miracle that he ended up receiving, Okay, and, and, and ultimately said, well, hey, you know, and it's just like, you know, the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fire. They said, hey, well, if it's my day, it's my day. It's just the way it is, but I'm not bowing down. But it was faith in the provision and, and the watch care of God. And, you know, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, you know, it actually goes into it later. It says that, hey, by faith, some were rescued and by faith, some were not, but their faith is what will cause them to receive a great inheritance uh you know in the next in the next in the next life but in in heaven in eternity um and so um god doesn't look at things in terms of ability he doesn't look at, at things like that that's the way we look at things we look at things from the terms of what what am i capable of what do I have the ability to do? God doesn't look at things from the standpoint of what, what, what ability do you have. Um, he sees the outcome before we ever get to the end of the story. Um, and, and so faith, um, it's almost like, a, um, it's almost like a, a parade. If you go to a parade and, and you're standing on the sideline of, of a parade and you get to see one float come by at a time, okay, and, and that's your perspective, your vantage point of a parade. But God's vantage point of a parade is that he's in the helicopter, okay? So he's up in the sky, and he can see all the floats at the same time. He's not experiencing one thing at a time. He sees the entire thing. That's his vantage point, all right? He sees everything. And so faith is the ability to look at your circumstances from God's perspective, Okay? It's the ability to see the circumstances you're in from the way God sees your circumstances. Not from uh, the, the trial and the moment of your problem, but it's able to see something that, is, uh, that you can look and see the outcome before the outcome comes. It's, it's not just believing that God has the ability Okay? It's not just believing that God has the ability, but that God has already done it. Okay? So we know and we believe that God has the ability to do anything. We know and believe that God has the ability to heal. We know and believe that God has the ability to, to provide for my needs. 
that God has the ability, okay, to, to mend relationships, that God has the ability to do anything that God wants. We know He does, okay? But faith is not knowing that God has the ability. It's believing that God has already done it for you. Y'all following me? You sure? All right, all right. All right, Romans 4.16. I want to read a couple passages here. It says, For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace, okay, uh, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants um, not only uh, uh, those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith, uh, uh, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Uh, all of God's blessings are given to us through faith, and we receive those things by the grace of God. So there's nothing you can do to earn okay, uh, the blessings and the promises of God. We, that's what this scripture is saying right here, that you receive the blessings and promises of God because of God's grace. It's not because of how good you are. It's not because you live in America. Uh, it's not because you go to church on a rock or you give or you're, you're the, you know, you've been to church every Sunday your entire life and you've messed it, you never missed it. Okay? None of those reasons are the reasons why God gives. He gives it to us because of his grace. It's something that we do not deserve. Okay? But we receive those things through faith. All right? And then it goes on and it says, As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Okay, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that that which do not exist. Okay, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Here it is again. This is God's perspective. God calls things into existence that do not exist. That is, and it's all talking about the faith of Abraham and how faith is the way that this works, that he calls, it, calls things into existence that do not exist. Those things that are not existent in your life, but yet for whatever reason are a part of the promises of God, the faith is being able to look at those things in your life, okay, and being able to see that there's a part of the promises of God and calling those things that do not exist into the existence. It's seeing the end of the story before the end of the story ever comes. It's seeing the answer before you receive the answer. And so God is able to call things into existence that are not because he can see that it has already happened. To learn to walk by faith is to learn to think and see from God's point of view, from God's vantage point. To learn to walk by faith is to see from the perspective that God sees about your life, about your family, about the things that you're dealing with. When you walk by faith, it's about seeing things the way God sees things. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, we, we, we talk about Abraham here. This, this passage in Romans, it talked about Abraham and how uh, Abraham 
became a father. You know, um, again, he, he called things that did not exist into existence. Uh, in, in a situation in Abraham's life where, um, you know, it was, it was non-existent. And we see it even in the way that God deal, deals with, with, dealt with Abraham. You know, most of the time in our lives, we, we, we rarely face battles where there is no hope. We, we rarely face battles when there is no hope. Um, just because it's negative doesn't mean that there's really no hope. Just because we're dealing with some trials and some difficulty in our life doesn't mean that there's not hope. Um, but in Abraham's situation, there was no hope. Okay? Talking about the fact that uh, Sarah was supposed to have a child. In Abraham's situation, there was no hope. Okay? There was no blueprint for the future. There was no maybe. Okay, or anything like that. Okay, one day or anything. There was no hope. There was no. There was in in that situation. There was nothing there, and uh, and Abraham didn't consider the negatives of what he was dealing with, and neither did David, neither did Daniel, and anybody throughout the Bible that that operated in faith and, and gained the promises of God through faith, it's because they didn't consider the negative circumstances around them, okay, when they, when they operated and lived in faith, as they weren't about all the reasons why they couldn't do it. And, and the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Abraham didn't consider the negative circumstances, So if you dwell on the negative circumstances, then there's no way for you to dwell on what God says about your situation. If you're always dwelling on the negative things around you, there's no way for you to dwell on the things that God wants you to think about. And, uh, and so the scripture says that, that Abraham was strong in faith by giving glory to God. Um, that, that particular passage in Hebrews Chapter 11, it says that he, he didn't consider the negative circumstances, but giving glory to God, okay, he received a promise. Well, what was he giving glory for? He was giving glory for the received promise before he received the promise. Okay? That's what he was doing. Um. Uh, he was doing that. And the Bible says that Abraham was persuaded. Well, it wasn't God that persuaded him. It was Abraham that persuaded himself. You know, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, we see that God, again, we're talking about God's perspective and the difference between hope and faith. You know, when God came to, there, you know, this, this, this young man named Gideon, um, you know, who, who ended up being one of the judges of Israel, God ended up coming to him. And, and the Bible says this, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Okay. Now we we look at Gideon from hindsight, and we say, well, he was a valiant warrior. I mean, he went and you know conquered the enemy and and was, was a great person. At this particular time, though, if you read the context in which this is written, the Bible says that the Gideon was actually uh, he was actually hiding, threshing wheat because he didn't want the Philistines to see what he was doing because he could actually get in a lot of trouble for doing it. So he was hiding for fear. Okay, and then when the angel came to him and said, "Hey, Gideon, oh valiant warrior," Gideon said, uh, uh, "You're not talking about me." And then he went on to say this. He went on to say, uh, "I'm of the lowest clan, 
the lowest family of my clan, and I'm the lowest person in my family. So why are you talking to me about me being a valiant warrior? Okay, I am the least person in all of Israel. And yet the reason why this happened, the reason why this angel could say this is because of God's perspective. Once again, it's how God sees your circumstance, not the way that you see your circumstance. Okay? You being able to look at the things that you're going through from God's vantage point. Okay? From his vantage point, And then standing upon that and believe, knowing that God, that, that he's more supreme and knows it a little bit better than you do. You know, there are, there are three or four times throughout Genesis where God comes to Abraham and says, Hey, I'm going, I'm going, there's that word going, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Okay? What God was doing there was he was giving him a blueprint. He was giving him a picture of something in the future because remember... Okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you have no hope, you can't have faith. Okay, but hope is not faith. So God was giving Abraham a blueprint. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You remember he said to him, he said, look up at the stars. He said, count them. Because that's how many children you're going to have. That's how many descendants are going to be from you. Okay, again, he, remember, he's given him a blueprint, a picture of a future. Well, there was a particular point where God's dealings with Abraham changed. And no longer was it a futuristic tense that he spoke to Abraham. He changed it. And I want to read the, the spot in Genesis chapter 17. Uh, we can see here what God does with Abraham. Uh, Rob, if you'll come. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram. And said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his faith and God talked to him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be, listen, you shall be uh, a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, Abram, but your name shall be Abram, Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Okay. Um, He goes from saying, you shall be, to I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you. Okay. Not you will be. Not one day anymore. Not it's going to happen. He's saying, you, I have made you in this moment. You don't have a child. Okay. Your wife hasn't had a child. And so uh, I have made you a father of many nations. There it is. It goes from being a futuristic tense to a now. Right now, I have made you a father of many nations. And God is speaking into his life and he's calling those things which do not exist and bring them into existence. Rob, if you'll come. When you pray in faith, you always get the answer inside before you get the answer outside. When you pray in faith, okay, 
you always get the answer inside before you get the answer outside. Because you have to be convinced, okay? You have to be convinced on the inside, all right? You've got to be convinced. You've got to have that blueprint. You've got to believe that it is what God has given you. And then you stand and you speak exactly what it is. Um, faith, faith is the ability to look at the things that you need in your life and say, I thank you that it is mine before you have it. It's the ability to thank God that you have something before you actually have it. It's the ability to be grateful to God that he's done something for you before you've actually seen it done. It's seeing the prayer answered before the prayer is answered. I want to, Mark 11, I I said this a couple weeks ago, it's one of my uh, favorite passages in all the Bible. Mark 11, 23 through 25, I believe. Jesus is talking about prayer to his disciples and he's talking about faith. Um, He makes this statement right here. I want you to listen to, because remember we're talking about faith has a tense. Hope has a tense and faith has a tense. Whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and then it will be yours. Now, it doesn't say believe that you will receive it. It doesn't say believe that one day you'll have it and it will be yours. The scripture there says, whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, again, we we have to know that it's got to be in line with, with, you know, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish it will be given to you. We know that that it's not like you could be like, well, God, give me a Ferrari. (laughs) You know, and I believe I have a Ferrari. Okay, it's not, the kingdom of God doesn't work like that because God answers our, you know, James tells us, and we've read this before, that sometimes we don't receive an answer to prayer because we ask for selfish motivations and selfish reasons. This is the reason why revelation is so important because revelation tells us what belongs to us. Okay? Revelation tells us what should be ours before it's actually ours. All right? But um, so the scripture here tells us that whatever you ask for, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're believing and that you're praying for and that you're asking God to do in your life, whether it be in, in your marriage, in your kids, in your family, uh, in, 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 in your workplace, in your own personal life, your own mental state of mind, your own emotional being, and whoever you are. Maybe it's a ministry, maybe it's a dream, a passion, whatever it is. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and then it will be yours. The it will be yours will come at the moment or after the moment that you say it is mine. So it's backwards, the kingdom of God, which is the way it always is. The kingdom of God works in a backwards way than we work in our natural world. Our natural world tells us that when you receive it, then it's yours. The Bible says to believe it's yours before it's yours. That's what faith is. 
hope points to the future. It looks to the future, something that's going to happen one day. Faith looks to now, right here, right now, in this moment. And faith is the driving, acting force in your life that accomplishes something. Faith is what accomplishes it. Faith is what produces it. Remember, faith is reaching into the unseen realm of hope and pulling it into the realm of reality. It's being the builder of that building and that blueprint. It's not enough for you to have a blueprint. You've got to start building the building. Faith is building the building that it's going to come out the way it says on the blueprint. Faith has to have a tense. And if it's the future, it's hope. So you have to turn your hope into faith. Turn your hope into faith and watch God work. Amen. You stand to your feet today.